All right. Um, hello. Welcome. Wow. It's felt time. I don't know. I can't even articulate time. Time moves. Time is gone. It's been decades. To the listener, it's been three weeks. To us, it's been three recording sessions over more more than three weeks. And to Jesse and Celine, it's been 18 years. Yeah. Huh. Is there math? I don't know. Is there math? That was was very heavy because when the film kicked on and they had kids, I was like, oh my gosh, so much time has passed. Uh, Existential crisis ramped up to 11. And did you watch this? I know we're not allowed to talk about what you did in Vegas, but I'm going to mention that you were there. I was. And then you watched this movie after coming back from Vegas? I did. It was probably the perfect movie to watch after really coming back from las vegas i've never been to vegas um i hear it's just like this just uh, artificial go there for a reason would be my advice yeah like i was there to meet some friends and and go to a music festival but like yeah i couldn't imagine going there for any other reason or like a convention or something what if my reason were to move there for the rest of my life Good choice or bad choice? Hope you like <laughs> coupons because I feel like that's the only way to live there. <laughs> I hate coupons. It's oh, like one of my be, least favorite things. You would be in purgatory no. uh, forever. Yeah, it would be Wait, worse. What's the- What's the coupon game in Vegas? I did, I've never heard that before. So there's there's like a retiree mini game in Las Vegas where they just like go to the casino with the best deal on any given day, whether that be like a free buffet or like a credit towards the tables. And uh, there's like a whole subculture around not paying for anything in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, that's cool. So that's that's kind of that's one way to live in Vegas, and the other is to have money mean nothing to you and then everything is at your disposal so as soon as money stops meaning anything to you a uh, great place oh, that's awesome i know our government does a pretty good job of this but there is like apparently a, a a social safety net by the coupon economy yeah you have to enter the coupon economy you have to turn <laughs> a certain age and then you become a member of the coupon economy yeah unless you retained your status as a, a money out the window guy of course. Even into your old age. Right, right. You planned ahead or didn't plan at all. Both of those enter that territory. But I like that. I think maybe um, maybe the Biden administration could learn a thing or two from the Vegas sort of economic structure of a, a coupon mm-hmm. sort of, right. you know. Yeah, we have a free market system. Uh, we yeah. have, the, we have the, the scavengers, you know, who, who have a subsistence living that uh, find the, the holes in the system in the market. Uh, the abuse, if you will. So they're they're kind of like the police of the the market. These um, oh. you know, hunched over ninety somethings, you know, uh, that yeah. are, that are just like their entire existence is to get prime rib for under five dollars. Like that is why they stay on this this earth. Uh, and then yeah, and then some sort of governing body uh, to to make sure uh, you know the the lights stay on and the water is there. So. You could say Vegas is a perfect city, is what you're what what yeah. we're getting at here. So sounds nice. There's a lot of antagonism against people who need help, and they're like welfare. This well, I think we, people should just start calling anyone who needs help scavengers. I like that term. I think <laughs> anyone that is sort of just you know needs uh, something, 
that society could offer. We could just label them all scavengers, and that might help. I don't know. I think the scavenger um, act, the 2022 I, scavenger act. We could test the PR. We could t- we could dip our toes in uh, maybe a focus group. See how see how these people like to be referenced. Oh, I don't um, care how they. Uh, whatever. Oh, who gives a shit? I just want to know if if the people in power call them scavengers. If that'll help. Yeah, whatever. They're scavengers, man. I mean, necessary part of any biome. Right. Uh, stuff will just start stinking. There'll be garbage everywhere. Um, <laughs> these people move through the casinos like voles. There isn't a chip on the ground. There is. Do they even have to hire a cleaning staff, or do they just let the scavengers? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you don't know who's a cleaning staff and who is who is there for free uh, free bread on the uh, ground. You can uh, just call them scavengers now. That's their yeah. official. Yeah. It's funny. I used to actually um, in my up until my mid twenties, I was a scavenger. I would bring a packed lunch when I when my friends wanted to go eat at a restaurant. I would bring food. I would definitely like. I would find all the free shit in Boston that I could get my fucking hands on, and I would take advantage of it. Well, but if I don't my do that memory anymore. serves me correct, Boston would have been very difficult. You must have been an expert scavenger. I had a good, so one of my best scores was when I first went to BU, some guy was giving out like a coupon book. And again, we're back to the coupons, but it was like a a little magazine. Actually, it was really thick. It was like a hundred pages, but it was like, you know, the size of one of those little address books, like a moleskin. Mm. And inside it was filled with coupons for for poor students like me. And yeah, I guess it was just for students. So I had the brilliant idea to when the person was not looking... I took the entire box of them. Hmm. So I had hundreds of JP Licks coupons where I got a dollar off a c- ice cream cone. As good as a dollar. What if you got a kitty cone? That's only a dollar twenty-five. So I was just spending quarters on my JP Licks for the entire time I lived in Boston. Reminds me of my time in Gainesville. Similar existence uh, where I would find if there was a free meal, I would go to it. Uh, Maybe we're ready for the the scavenger lifestyle of Vegas. I think maybe, so. Maybe not. Maybe we need a little more time. It's like a training ground. It's like where you, you go and, and you just, you just sort of like drop yourself off there and it's like 110 degrees and it's like, Oh my God. Countdown starts, you know, it's like <laughs> you will die if you don't figure this out within, you know, a matter of hours. Damn. This sounds like some scorch trials shit. It's basically the hunger games all the time there. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe I would like it there. I liked the Hunger Games and I liked um, Maze Runner. Maybe if they <laughs> built me a little maze, I could. Uh, that, that's every right casino. Home. Like they oh, have right. like psychological, like uh, was it industrial psychologists like work in this building, so you cannot find where you want to go. You just end up sitting down at a slot machine. Like it's it's truly a, a panopticon. Like these these buildings are designed to gaslight and disorient you. Uh, for for every brick and piece of marble so um yeah you might actually enjoyed it a lot you know the more i talk about this the more i think vegas needs to be experienced it can't be explained yeah yeah it sounds like uh the, the matrix is it the matrix um no it's probably no. as close as we can get yeah i'm surprised that vegas doesn't really show up in i mean we just josh and i just got out of the um Ocean's Verse, which is initially set in Vegas. I feel mm. like a lot of Vegas movies are sort of just like fun, right? There's no yeah. like horror set in the labyrinthine misery that mm. could be a Vegas experience. That's a very good point. 
Um, yeah, because there's there's movies that are sad about Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, and there are thrillers about Vegas. But I agree, I don't, I can't think of a horror movie that that is that's set in Vegas. Because I, I just be think fun. Leaving Las Vegas and Snake Eyes and um, what's another Nick Cage movie that took place in the desert that I can't remember right now. I don't know, Raising Arizona. That's probably took place in Las Vegas. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was the one I was thinking of. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> Thanks. Or no, the vampire funny. one. The vampire one. Oh gosh, what is that one? Um... Kissing Mr. Vampire, I think. <laughs> Hello, I'm kissing Mr. Vampire. <laughs> hold on, By hold my calls. And Rice. <laughs> it's the it's the first in the Kissing Vampire series. The va- the Kissing Vampire universe. Now, what is that movie called? I don't know. I, I'm... Your your face is bright, so that means you have a, a browser window open. I, I was trying to find it because I, yeah. I, I, I want right, to know can. the vampire kissing movie. Um, we did watch a kissing movie for this week. We did. There's a little. There's a little smooching going on. There was. I mean, it there makes was a sense. lot of withheld smooching as well. Yeah, and for everyone who's still waiting where Josh is, yes, he is still asleep. Please stop asking. I keep getting all these phone calls about where Josh is, and I, I have to whisper because Josh is sleeping right next to me. And I'm like, he's still asleep. But yeah, we're here. This is when will it end? We watch the movies. We tell you if they're good. Jake is here this week, his last week. This is sad. His final week. <laughs> well, when the people demand me back, I will be waiting. The people have not demanded anything. So um, I'll let you know if they begin that. You, you hear you that, leave. people? <laughs> I'm dying gotten, out um... here. I'm, I'm, I'm licking crumbs <laughs> off of the casino floors. <laughs> no, I didn't mean about you. I'm, I'm saying maybe you're... No one's de- We've been doing this podcast since 2015, and I, we have gotten every once in a while a little peep from you know people I talk to in person that I know. But yeah, the fans, if there are any, they're silent. They're silent listeners, which, you know, that's a nice little... Maybe they're scavengers too. That feels like a scavenger thing to do. Just sort of like pick up the audible crumbs of a podcast without really offering much back. I think online they call it clout chasing. It's a, hmm. would be would be like a digital scavenger. It would be a clout chaser. I'm just going to call them scavengers, I think. I sort of like that it's term. Good, it's for... a good catch-all. I do like yeah. it. Um, so yeah, we've been doing um, the Before franchise, which is uh, as... I forgot. I think Ethan Hawke did. I think Ethan, I was trying to find interviews. I feel like Richard Linklater and uh, Julie Delpy didn't really do too much. This is just like Ethan either loved this franchise or he's <laughs> maybe the most famous of the acting bunch. But he talks about this this series a lot. And uh, his thing was like, this is a franchise that no one wanted because it was like the first movie made almost no money. And it is a funny thing that this has become a beloved just sort of not just mathematical franchise, but just sort of a, I don't know, one of the most, I, I, this franchise has sort of carried me through life and it was fun to rewatch. This, this is your first time watching uh, the midnight one. Yes, it was. Damn. I, I really didn't even have any sort of frame framework for it. I didn't remember when it came out. It would have came out when I was an adult. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, nothing absolute black hole so it was really cool going into it having just watched the first two films and just yeah naturally interpreting it do you feel um, like i'm one of richard linklater's classic time traveler characters that aren't actually i guess characters that characters make up while talking to other characters where you've been given permission 
and a privilege to skip the 18 years and watch them all back to back? Or do you feel like you sort of missed out on the, the I do feel like I missed out. I feel yeah. like it is just just such a difficult uh thing to do that you're only going to really appreciate it, you know, when you see the whole the whole shebang temporal delays included. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, to pull Vegas back into this, I was at a music festival and I saw a couple of performances that like, I just don't think would have been anywhere close to the same had all circumstances not been aligned. Yeah. Like it was just, you know, it was just one of those things where I was just sitting there going, this is, this is something else. Like it's a whole spectacle. They, it was a work and, you know, progress. They made it all work. And, uh, just yeah it felt the same about this movie where it's like if i had waited uh it would have probably been even more impactful uh mm-hmm. i that being said um still very much enjoyed it <laughs> yeah we i mean we could have really tested our listeners demand of you and waited nine years between episodes giving you that actual time that could have been a cool experiment yeah we could have built a cult following we really goofed didn't we that would have been a cool podcast to release one episode every nine years. It would have to be so good. Richard Linklater did it. <laughs> <laughs> Movies are basically podcasts is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, we, we, Josh and I just did the 28 verse where we watched 28 days later. Oh, nice. And then I will say that we planned this from the very beginning and it wasn't just because we were having a hard time scheduling stuff and Josh didn't really want to watch 28 weeks later, but we waited 28 weeks to do the 28 weeks later episode. Nice. Yeah. Not sure it really mattered. Probably not. Yeah. 28 days later was, was wonderful. Yeah. They're both good. I really liked them. I don't know. Maybe in my old age, I actually sort of liked the second one better, but I, they're both really good. I think the, the first one is sort of charming and, yeah, I think people, if I recall correctly, there was just a ton of just slasher flicks right around when 28 Days Later came out. And I remember watching it just going like, oh, this was actually like kind of scary, like actually, you know, like had like more of that tinge of of realness to it that that I, yeah. I crave from really anything funny or scary. Just it has to feel a little bit more like in the real world. And that's what I felt like 28 Days Later did well. Yeah, I feel like Boyle's really good at um, taking sort of awful experiences, but removes like sucking out all the politics from them. But just cr- not that it. this isn't like a negative thing, but he like he took like heroin addiction and poverty in India and like uh yeah a pandemic and rather than making it into anything political or about systems he really makes it about the people that are going through it so on the one hand it does sort of like take away probably what it actually is like to be a slumdog (laughs) non-millionaire but on the other hand it is a boil thing where it's like oh yeah the end of 20 days later really belongs to itself and i don't know that really any other movie has quite captured the just like polite rape dungeon that is the finish of that movie yeah no kidding yeah it, it was yeah danny boyle's uh kind of i like i feel like he had a, like a he did sunshine right that was danny yeah boyle? yeah sunshine yeah. is great Gosh. yeah that's a cool movie yeah i saw that in theaters with like the sound cranked up to 11 i feel like that's a any space movie you need that that deep bass you know that that uh-huh. like spatial bass where it's like you're floating kind of thing or it's just not going to be the same yeah 
yeah, I I think that's true. You want to feel. I, I remember going to the Jordan's Cinema Plex or whatever. That like for some reason the Mister Furniture guy was like, oh, what if I just hit a IMAX movie theater in with the couches? I uh, have to go through his little showroom. But yeah, what a regional all star. It's amazing. He has this little video, which is why I bring it up. He comes on screen to introduce this probably does not happen anymore, but Jordan comes on like talks about the butt kickers that he has installed on like the base that each individual seat has its own base speaker on its under your ass. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, that's a space you you should just request space movies at Jordan's cinema majesty house. I remember seeing like the Mecca building driving towards New Hampshire and just seeing like this insane Jordan's furniture plex. And it looked <laughs> yeah. like if I was a kid, I was like, I don't care what's in there. I want to go in there. <laughs> We're going. And it makes total sense that he's got like yeah, cinema in there and stuff. I guess so. Yeah. I just like, have you ever bought furniture from a store that isn't Ikea? Like couches. Maybe you have. Mm, I bought uh, some like not what's the what's not like like consignment furniture once like it was like a consignment shop so it was like a step above a thrift shop and I bought furniture. Okay. Yeah. But that's yeah. I have not gone in there and paid sticker price for furniture. That's that's it's like, amazing so. that Jordan could create an empire selling like I don't know. I guess there's a market for three thousand dollar couches that you pick up. What do you do with it? You buy it, and then what happens? Does he ship it? Does Jordan ship it to you? I assume he has a regional network of of elves or whoever delivers furniture. Oh, you gotta hope so. I don't know. I just buy everything online now. I send it all back. Yeah, done with it. Yeah, it's the new American way. Going to a store and sitting on the couch before I purchase it. No, no, no. So European. I will. I will take someone's word for it. uh, Somewhere. Someone that has never touched the couch I'm going to purchase. Uh, I'll take mm-hmm. their five-star review. That's I'm true. Sure, I'm sure, why would they lie to me? Yeah. No, no, no. And then you can use those websites where it's like best couch 2022. And then you just get like, here are the five best couches. And then mm-hmm. obviously they, they've also never sat on them, but they're just sending you links yeah. so that they get a little kickback. Yeah. Of course. It's a great the, system. The couch, the couch economy. Yeah. We got a lot of new economies coming out. I think I'm still... Like really about this. I feel like the, there's a Venn diagram crossover of the couch mm. economy and the coupon Vegas economy. I think so. Like, those I know what it is. Are in the same orbits. Yeah, yeah. It's those people will bring their coupon books to a Jordan's Furniture and mm. sit there for hours, use the couch for free while sorting their coupons, and then go on their merry scavenging lifestyle way. I mean, if they're holding a coupon in their hands, you can't kick them off the couch. Like legally it's true. speaking. Like they could sleep there for a little bit. That's against the law to kick someone off the couch if they're holding a coupon. They're going to buy it. They have intent to purchase. <laughs> Why would you have a coupon if you don't have intent to purchase? Like, do not remove this person from your store. Right. Anything could happen. Even if they've got like a little shower cap and a towel and a sleeping bag, like they have the coupon book. One day. One day we can both be coupon guys in Vegas. Oh, if uh, hopefully. Hopefully our well, if there's anything we learned from before midnight, um, when we fall out of love with our wives in a few years and need to get divorced, we can fall back on being coupon guys in Vegas. That was a fake fight. That wasn't a real fight. Wait, really? Okay, this is good. 
because yeah, you're you said you you admitted at the beginning of the season that mm-hmm. you're more romantic than you've ever been in your entire life, mm-hmm. and it's only been a few weeks between that and this. So obviously, you haven't really changed. What are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts were it all made sense. Like the, these people have very large egos. Um, it, their 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 love of each other is at odds with their love of their conception of themselves and their careers. Um, I mean, what you know, like a, a an environmental advisor and a and an author. I mean, you got two big people with two big callings. So it's like it would be weird if it all just worked out. Um, yeah. So I interpreted that fight as just like this circumstance where everything was festering a little bit. But like, I've had fights similar to that where it's just like, it's kind of almost directionless, and it mm-hmm. it's it's just like a, a, it felt like a venting. It really did. Like, I didn't believe uh, the characters when they when they were being mean to each other. Really, like they were being hmm. mean in that sense of like this feels good, but I don't actually feel this way. Interesting. Like, I like think, when she yeah. said she didn't love him, didn't believe her. It's hard to know. I think. One thing I will say, I really like the last two movies we've been like, these movies are very well written mm-hmm. and they seem like it's fluid, just people talking. But when you actually look at the way that like the crumbs lead to the end, this is actually a very structured movie where the things they talk about in the first 10 minutes come back in the last 10 minutes, but you just talk about them differently. Right. And I really admire that this movie brings up a whole bunch of shit and resolves none of it. This is like, Everything is just open, as you said. It's like we get the sun, they're twin, like all this shit that's really hard, and they don't actually have that pivot at the end to finally open up. And I, I found that to be like such a cool take on the franchise to finally get to the point, like, oh, they've been together for nine years, and now they've devolved into uh, being so lost in themselves to be unable to communicate with each other where they can ex- actually express themselves. Yeah. And I don't think they, I, I think, yeah, it's, it was like ego fighting and like it, they're together for nine years and they're in the throes of the, probably the most difficult parent parenting like years I would imagine would be like teenagers or like young adolescents uh, and a combination of those. Um, yeah. You can just feel the stress. I mean, it's, it's just because if you want to have a career and us having no like sort of like safety net or like really anything to fall back on and him not getting any support from his ex-wife. And it sounds like they don't have like huge families or anything. Um, yeah. You can feel the stress, you know, they clearly have some friends, but um, I don't know. I feel I wasn't as like shocked by really any of the fighting to me. It felt like somewhat not, not like, milk toast or pale or like you know not like a big deal but like the whole time i'm just feeling like they're they're fine hmm. but you know that was my interpretation of it like i never wow. felt like upset i was just i was still very much in, enjoying the dialogue and i had you know i agreed with one one time and then i agreed with the other at other times and it was you know you were just kind of picking sides here and there like nothing felt totally irrational. Some of it did, but like they kind of like apologized them, themselves for a lot of it. But like, it just, it felt like, yeah, it felt like it was going to be fine. But that was my interpretation. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, it, A, it doesn't matter. I think that's what the beauty of this is because that's the whole point is we're, we're, we are introduced to a day in the life of these two people. And we have no idea other than through the very small amounts of 
just you know narrative backstory telling through what they're t- saying about his ex-wife and about his son and but yeah we don't know how the relationship is they might do this every day they might have been doing this for the last 10 like eight years like we don't know if they're actually having a healthy relationship or if this is just like a, a year of stress where it's making them feel feel like this so i think that's like the genius of this franchise is that it yeah a doesn't matter and b it's it's like you can read into this however you want and it's that's sort of the the they've gotten i feel like they've gotten so much better as acting that's a cool thing i think if you have done it your way to really see these two actors perform over 18 years and really find them in this new space yeah no they were excellent um and and it's it's like they just get to the point faster than the first two movies because it's like of course they are they've been together for a very long time so they don't have to like bullshit really they just they just kind of like attack each other where they know like it's going to make a difference because it's like that's just kind of you know when you know somebody really well um it's easy to be mean to them unfortunately but at mm-hmm. the same time um I felt like neither of them broke in the sense of like uh they they you know they felt like what they said was irreparable or like you know when when she said she didn't love him anymore again it's like you have to believe he believed that she didn't believe it um and right. I kind of felt that way Yeah I I think it's over Really Yeah I think it's I think it's it, like watching them fight um I thought it was a really really well-written dialogue to sort of show the way people fight not to get to a place of agreement or help, but to just win an argument. And neither of them, like, as you said, like they don't, I think they don't get to the point because they really don't have any point anymore. I think they've been together for so long that they just have like know how to make each other irritated and are content with that. Yeah, but again, like I just it it feels like they're in the throes of something very difficult with no clear answer and the ending just sort of is them deciding to to you know grin and bear it and and just like mm-hmm. and deal with it. But I don't think that's necessarily negative given the nature of the lives that they want to live. So it's like if they want to live these these exceptional lives, you know, the lives of an author, the lives of like a, an industrialist or an environmentalist, you know, someone that has to be there. It's like family is going to create an insane amount of tension. I don't care how much you love each other. Like it's going to be a grind. It's going to be difficult. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just an impossibility, you know, and um, I think I think definitely they were projecting their own guilts. Uh, on each other for sure like um you know with with him just sort of putting a lot of the uh the guilt from his his son and not being there for his son on the wife i definitely felt like that was the irrational part it's like she had nothing to do with that um and then i feel like the 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 mother kind of taking all of the credit again we don't know everything um for just the situation with the daughters uh felt a little like yeah, a little uh, melodramatic, but um, but again, it's like, yeah, we don't know all the details, so we can just piece together how much they're lying, which is what this right. to me felt like. Yeah, an exercise in it's like, how much do you think these people are lying? And I felt like they were lying a lot. I feel yeah. like they were like in the heat of the moment, they were really upset. They were trying to keep the high ground on each other, um, but ultimately, I don't think they believed themselves, which is why they'll probably ultimately wind back up together because 
it's just their their ego, their their worser intentions, sort of duking it out uh, when when the love will will still be there at the end of the day. But um, yeah, that was my weirdly optimistic read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, but I think I don't know that they're going to get divorced or separate. But I this doesn't seem like a relationship that's working. I think that's sort of like a really interesting move to wait nine years make like one of two of the most romantic movies that are like basically just feel-good movies about people loving each other and then just making it so like just realistic in how just an entrenched relationship would exist what do we think okay so here's some of the more reasons i think they're going to work and I think Linklater did some nice little breadcrumbs, but like they go to the church mm-hmm. and they spend time in this church and it's like, it's in Europe again. It's in, it's in Greece. Like there's this, there's this element of tradition. I feel like in the movie where it's like, you see the elderly people talk about their experiences. You see the other couples, you know, the young couple, the other couple, their age. And it's like, everyone is a slightly different way of going about things but it's all anchored in some sort of an- ancient tradition. So Right, but uh, then you have the young couple in the beginning when they're having dinner, and they're like, we have a new way of doing it, and all the adults are like, yeah, that, that makes way more sense. Yeah, I, I think, like, yeah, it's, it's showing a progression of time, and there, but, like, um, I think I, I took interpret that as, like, would the, their relationship Uh, have gone different had they had technology had they had some other way to communicate like what would have changed you know Mm. yeah uh it just yeah we got a lot of little questions you know watching it of just what how what do i think would happen you know yeah well it's interesting because we like in our first two episodes we picked up that jesse was a manipulator yeah like he he expressed manipulative behaviors quite consistently throughout the first two movies and you know we sort of I don't know if they really had much that we sort of could have like anticipated um, her sort of new version of herself. But I, I think what's great about this movie is that it's not saying like they shouldn't have gotten together. They shouldn't have mm-hmm. gotten married, but like the ramifications of him getting divorced and not being able to be with his son. And then also be two people that like really romanticized their love for each other to the point where they actually I don't know. We we never. I I never really felt that they were a great match. It was just like, oh, two people doing this thing together. But yeah, they like were already getting into little arguments on their first day together, and it is yeah. a cool like exponentially compounding version. Again, I just I I really do think like they're just at the peak of the roughest part, um, because they just they have huge egos like again we don't have to like these people we don't have to necessarily be want to be friends with them but they feel good for each other ultimately like that's how i interpret it is it's like the only person who's gonna tie down this this sort of like maximalist ego driven writer you know who's this person whose entire existence is like getting in people's heads and trying to like think two steps ahead of people and understand like what makes people tick and like answering these questions. Like that's just like a whole lot of appetite for, for drama, frankly. And, you know, and, and, and Delphi, Julie Delphi is, is, is the same where it's like, she sees the cosmic struggle going on and environmental causes in the world. You know, they, I, I want to say they mentioned like, you know, capital or something like that, wa- washing over a situation. And, um, 
Yeah, I think they're perfect for each other. But I think <laughs> it's, it's but given modern society, uh, there's nothing to keep that in check. Like it's just you just have to survive. You know, it's it's it, there there isn't like a rooted place to go. Um, yeah, maybe that's kind of what they're saying about Greece too, where it's like there needs to be a home, like a home base, or there needs to be this this space where you can sort stuff out because. Instead of doing it at the house, they did it at the hotel room. You know, this, yeah. this very artificial place. Right. But it's also the only place where they can be alone, which is also a really fun little detail that this is probably way bigger than it usually is because they aren't in front of friends and their daughters. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that goes back to the ego point, right? Where it's like yeah. their their public perception is is more important than them sorting stuff out yeah i don't know it's interesting because this movie sort of builds you up to see them as very good for each other it's just sort of in like that's what love is it's like oh this is like my perfect one this is the other half of me but i don't know that's only if you think that they're good for each other in that that's the only option we have like i honestly think that they're bad i think that they're bad for each other but maybe that's just because i had a pretty i grew up in a pretty broke like our parents my parents were bad for each other and you sort of just see if this is how they deal with stress and this is how they deal with problems then like it's i don't know but the the, i guess i guess we can do like a pros and cons right or it's Mm, like okay so this is how they're dealing with stress right all of their all of their attacks are are for the most part verbal you know they're they're not particularly violent outside of the yelling um they waited till they were away from the kids so you would think that they don't talk about this that much at home um because you know when the kids were in the car they were just sort of like tamped down and and having like little arguments and agreements and stuff yeah, like, yeah it yeah. seemed like things were very under control when the kids were well sort of i mean they they were making like they just make fun of each other all the time like that's mm-hmm. just the way they talk to each other now even in front of their friends and in front of their kids like the whole apple thing and then like her being like oh he just wants a bimbo yeah like that thing that was like a one minute like weird ass pretend thing where like in front of everyone they she just like they both agreed to just make fun of themselves yeah and that's the way that they get along yeah it's like you can't build the castles in the sky of of what you are if you're around people and they can knock you down a pick so yeah but it wasn't to they didn't get to a point where like I think she really believes that he would prefer to be with someone that's just like more about sex and less about having their own aspirations. I don't I don't necessarily believe that. I think I think he, he it's his sexuality is almost performative. It's it's very strange to me. It's what it always comes down to though for him. Yeah. It does, but it's like it's the last thing of the movie. It's just like, yeah. hey, we're gonna fuck tonight. Yeah, <laughs> but but then they don't. <laughs> well, they might. We don't know. That's like how it ends. It's the ambiguity yeah. is: do they go back and fuck, or does she leave? Yeah, because because remember, there's a lot of like we we we're putting a lot of puzzle pieces together. Like, um, you know, her her ultimate insult to him was he's boring in bed. You know, which would mm-hmm. which would sort of support my theory that it's like it's not this this like. He, you know, he's not this Don Juan. He just like. Well, to me, their their insults were not. I don't think she get. I mean, obviously, she'd prefer to get fucked well, but like, yeah. she they both hit each other where 
like he he is very much about sex and by saying that he sucks at sex is the same that like his insults to her were just all about her like career driven this and her you're just being like you know uh emotionally untethered and yeah i think he likes sex because it's it's like more of a drug is what i get from him like he doesn't have to think about stuff like he's he's trying to get to it so they can stop like talking really you know it's like a uh a pressure relief valve you know uh for for the relationship uh, yeah. where it's like it's 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 like he'll just feel more relaxed if that's the case like how bad can things be if we have sex is like how well, maybe I- that's the only way they get along i think this movie really doesn't have much of a stance i guess maybe it's more of a test for how you um would fit yourself not be the, one of these characters but how you like see what this relationship is all about yeah i agree with that um it did feel like a rorschach's test for a relationship yeah it's like who who are you because um yeah i don't know I, again i i just feel like they were setting up like when when the el- when the one elderly woman at the the writer's house was talking about like the disappearing of her husband and like how she would just lose memories um I don't feel like you put a monologue in that like that without people maybe coming to terms with like that they're going to die or like the ephemerality of everything. Well, um, I mean, you could relate it because the going, going, gone thing was also sort of, I don't know, you could read that less about death and just more about their relationship. Like they're already, you know, memory and time travel has already such been such a huge component in this and like to have a woman talk about like losing memory and recognition of the person she loved so well like i feel like that could easily be transplanted into the way they think about like nine years after before sunset do they even recognize their partners anymore or is it just weird memories that are falling away (laughs) (laughs) i hope they do i don't know i uh i got the impression again that that they would that it was like a spat like they they allowed the ambiance in the trip to ultimately settle their argument like at the end of the movie they took a deep breath and went okay given we're here in the greek isles and we're at this hotel and we just had heard all these beautiful monologues about how everyone had experienced love in all these different ways and things were faded okay i'm exhausted i'm gonna put my ego down we're gonna like work it out and be fine that that was like how i felt as like the credits rolled was like Mm. they're like i could almost feel them doing the just they wore each other out which is kind of okay again when like that's how you beat a big ego is you have to like wear it down (laughs) that's a nice really nice way to read that movie and i don't think it's an incorrect one i think there's certainly a that's such a nice way to see that they so basically they aired out all the things that they have and tomorrow they'll figure it out i guess is what you're saying that that's really really how it felt because um you know i i I would like to think i do don't even fight close to this much in my relationship but like i have had fights in previous relationships and maybe some in my current um that that bordered on this that like didn't feel seconds after it didn't feel nearly as much gravity mm-hmm. as like what what had happened here i think it's the subject matter for me because i've been in a similar situation where you like spend a half an hour like 
fighting with each other and then be like, oh, why were we doing that? Like, it's really just like a learned thing of whether you don't want to be wrong or you're scared to say how you really feel. But like this brought up infidelity, where they're going to live, abandoning my child. Like, this is all shit that's like, I don't know if they're this (laughs) bad at even talking about bringing up the subjects of these things. I really don't know how they're going to solve this um, without some serious just like yeah, time and devotion to caring for each other. Yeah, they know it's hard. That's the thing. It's like he, he it's like they know how difficult it is, which is why I got put off for so long. Right. Where it's like she you know, she feels bad about not wanting to move to, you know, to be with his son. It's like but that's like an impossibility. Right. So it's like so and she gets angry because it's like she can't ameliorate it she can't there's literally nothing she can do to like make the situation better so so it's like some some sort of like irreconcilable situation creates tension right like that's like the the core of like most tensions are like irreconcilable decisions and like politics and relationships and everything so it's like to me that was this thing where it's like it's just going to keep making her more and more mad the more they even talk about it or like occupies her her you know her her brain state because it's just like they can't come up to a solution. There won't be a solution. And it's like, it's dealing with, with his son. So it's like one of these things where it's like, she's not going to make him choose his son, you know, over her, but you know, that just happened. Like he sort of did that. So it's just, yeah, it's like all of these trains, all on tracks driving right towards each other. And there's like no levers these people can pull to make it better. So it's like, all you can do is just weather the storm (laughs) in, in the beautiful Greek Isles. Yeah, the movie also dropped a lot of hints that like his relationship with his son isn't very good. And yeah. it's like it's another thing that they didn't really talk about directly, but you know, he Hank only calls Celine, never calls Jesse, which I found really weird because he has a cell phone. Yeah. And yet he's always calling Hank and she never and he makes it about her not giving him the phone, but it's like you know, Hank would ask to talk to his dad too so and in yeah. the very first scene he doesn't turn around when he gets when he goes through security like it's really fucking brutal to watch jesse just stand around waiting for his son to wave goodbye again which is what you do that's a normal yeah. thing to do at an airport is to go through the security checkpoint and then turn around and wave goodbye to the person that just dropped you off whether it's not it's your dad it's like things are not going well with his son and that's a cool thing that wasn't even really talked about directly yeah, and and that was where I thought like Julie Duffy just sort of like helped him a lot actually within the film like before they were fighting was just about like allaying his concerns, you know, he's like he's a teenager, he had the best summer of his life cuz he was falling in love, like he's your son, you know, like talk to him like he's your son, <laughs> you know, and it's like that it's just like he's got terminal writer brain <laughs> like in this movie yeah. where it's just he can't experience anything or or like think past um his own like exact interactions and thoughts um which yeah. is hilarious considering his job is to empathize really as a writer it's like you have to be great at it yeah it's but like, he's yeah. also not like even like that extended scene where he's describing the book he wants to write it's mm-hmm. also just like just cerebral and and just yeah, like ooh, what if it's very link later yeah what, and what, what so it was a woman who asked to sign his book in this movie has it always been a woman that's like interested in his book yeah yeah i think that's a a nice little nod to of of uh, kind of an irony really 
um, that he probably maybe lies on the page a little more about like how he would treat romance. <laughs> yeah, because we get supposedly the the r- real version of it, mm-hmm. even though that's also a fiction. But yeah, the, to consider a fictional version of this fiction is even more just sort of like yeah this is jesse's demented version of what actually yeah, happened like uh the, they, they were like oh the scene you know where you like blacked out the windows and made love for a week straight or something like that yeah and he just was coy about it and i'm just like after you know finishing the movie and thinking about it, i'm like he's he's probably lying like um you know like based on all of the context clues like yeah it, it's probably not about yeah his his wife <laughs> Not yeah. necessarily it's about another person, but it's it's a lionized version of, of somebody or some situation. Yeah, that's a funny. It's also funny just to think that that's like his ending when Linklater ended it before. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a funny just like he's a bad writer, too, because he didn't even know where to end his own story. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he made it actually happen, which is. I don't know. That movie didn't need the, the that. The movie takes on like such a different element if you just don't think they're great people like you yes, know they're just I like know. they're just people and, and that yes. makes it so much more interesting because then it's like they can't be perfect for each other and still be like okay you know yeah it's not the greatest writer ever right he's, you know he's 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 a kind of a bad dad kind of a good dad sounds like he did pretty good with the daughters you know could have done better with the son yeah two out of three you know yeah not bad not bad you you should not like these people and honestly i don't know that you like watching them the first movie was sort of hard to watch in some ways just because of how much i found their behavior to be sort of annoying and this is just these aren't good people they're not they're not just they're just doing their thing and i really like that you're reading is that they're great for each other because they're just sort of both unwell in a way that could fit and i think that they're both sort of unwell in a way that just brings the other person's unwellness down with them i don't know i this i think this is doomed i don't think they're probably going to stay together until the kids are old and then get divorced but we'll never know yeah we won't this the franchise has been has been kiboshed that is weird i feel like after watching this you know i hadn't seen it since it came out that was nine years ago and i didn't really remember it that well and hearing their interview be like, we just couldn't come up with an idea, but it's like, wow, really? You didn't have, like, th- this... I feel like that's Linklater's whole thing, is that you just need, like, one moment to make a story and fill in the rest. And I feel like nine years... I'm I'm more interested than ever to sort of... Especially after hearing your take, I thought it was like, oh, they're fucked. But hearing that yeah, there's, like, I an optimistic think, I reading... I really don't think they are. I think... um I think they're probably at the lowest point in their marriage. That I will 100% like concede. I think that to me felt like the the point, you know, was like, what does the low point look like? Uh, this is it. Can they muster, uh, you know, a, a, a defense? Can they can they make it work? I don't know. I thought all the context clues in the movie were saying that it, they could make it work. Like that, no. that was like, as I'm watching it, I'm, 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 thinking it's going to work even before yeah. like they fight or anything like that, even though like, obviously they're not a hundred percent compatible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the, like what does, yeah. What does the next movie look like after rock bottom? Right. It's like uh, the way they talked about time, it was just 
that it moves so fast that even though it's bad now, it could be good in a year, you know, or, or like he could, a lot can be reconciled in a relatively short amount of time. I think as long as they continue to communicate or like he steps up moderately. So, or she steps up moderately. So uh, to meet the other person in their shitty middle. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's sort of what he meant by that. They didn't have a good idea. I think this gets so raw and realistic where the first two, I just don't know how you get like, you can't really then go back to having it be like a before sunset or before sunrise style romantic movie because we've already seen this version but then also i don't really know if i'd want it to get more fucked up than this that would be pretty fucking i mean that could be fun it'd be really depressing to sort of see the yeah i mean kids in college they're by themselves finally and they're just like living in texas the two of them and just like hate it they just fucking hate it trip or something or no she's just like got they they went to Chicago and then maybe his like dad died. So they had to move back to Texas and she's just like doing the thing that she would never want to do and she's still doing it for him. I think and a funeral would other. be a really good place. Um, I, I think that's a great a great idea. Yeah, they're they're in the, they're in BFE Texas, um, and she's for they're forced to talk to each other again because you know there's nothing else to do. It's West Texas. You know, so oh yeah, this this was the first movie I think really to to sort of move away from the all happening at the same time. I know the first one didn't quite stick to it as strictly. The second one was mm-hmm. almost exactly the, the runtime was the real time. This just like this cuts, this moves to different places. I think this is uh yeah, they, they were leaving the door open for another movie. Certainly. Um, yeah. What did you think about that? They're like the, this idea that link theater has so far been very like interested in a day passing or like time passing. And here it's like, he sort of lost track of keeping that element of the franchise going. Did did it matter? Did it hit you? It, I mean, before midnight was a little to me felt a little more metaphorical because there was no like deadline, right? Like this was the first movie that didn't have an actual deadline. Oh, right, that's a good point too. There's no plane to catch. Yeah, there's no plane to catch. The vacation's ending. So it's like a midnight of the soul, a midnight of, you know, like um, their relationship. To me, it's like the the twilight. It's like the inflection. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he was giving us a lot of credit as viewers that we would we would pick up on, you know, like the fact that the deadline has become less concrete with each film. Um, so maybe the next film is them dying. You know, it's like <laughs> before, you know, yeah. before twilight. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like at a funeral or something that in which they have their their egos finally settle down. Like, I feel like once you're in your 60s or 70s, like, it's got to settle down. You're going to just like you're, you're too oh. close to the, the way out. You know what I mean? Like you're it, saying like, this could come back. You're you're thinking maybe they missed the nine year one, but they're going to mm-hmm. do one in 18 years. So I think so. Yeah. Cause that's what I would want to see. Right. Cause like my frame of knowledge is all limited to pretty much this movie. Like this movie's is pushed as far in life as I've experienced. Like Nick's. Yeah. Like, I don't have kids yet. So it's like the next film, I would want that time traveler to actually tell me something that like I have not experienced, you know, like right. a warning or like, yeah, it's actually going to suck a lot, uh, you know, or like dying is not fun uh, or, or, or it'll get better. Like, I feel like whatever next film will have to be, will have to be like something. Yeah. Some, something from the next stage of, of life that is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Cause um, yeah, again, I, I think whatever it will be, it will be, have to be 
their ego settling down because uh, it won't make sense in the context of the movie if it's not that. Um, unless, like, I guess if he goes on and gets more famous, writes a better book, but I don't think that's happening. Um, she doesn't seem happy with her work, even though she, you know, she's passionate about the subject yeah. of her work. So it's or like maybe she's, you know, learned to complain about it so that he respects. Like, I don't know. It's like that's why this movie is so cool. Is that you know when I first started watching it, when he brings up Hank, she immediately is like, "How can you do this? To, like, ask me to move?" And it's like, "Whoa, that's a huge jump." But like. You then have to remember that this is nine years of them learning how to communicate. And this is probably the fucking bullshit Jesse pulls every day. Like, doesn't co- learns how to say something to not actually talk about something. But we all know what he actually is trying to say. And it's like, wow, this is layers deep of really creating a relationship that feels like they've had nine years to to treat each yeah. other badly. Yeah, and he does learn how to talk to each other. There were cl- there were warnings there in the first movie. You're totally right. Oh, yeah. Like he, he's, oh, yeah. he's master gaslighter. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it, it really is. Like it's 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 a clinic. If you want to be a serial killer, this movie's kind of a clinic on like how to like get somebody to honestly to upset somebody. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking nuts. And that's why I like it. I liked it because like if your takeaway from the second one is oh, I mean, it is really nice, but like it also is fictional, and it's like mm-hmm. this should not be how you base a relationship like a, a a lifelong relationship should not be based on one night that you've romanticized for nine years and then you know have another one night and that's it you you give up on your son and your your wife and yeah it's like this movie is a really fun like what would actually happen if you did the romantic comedy thing and uh, not great yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> romantic comedy what a what a what a genre yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It's 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 not lighthearted. Like nothing about love is lighthearted. God damn it! I will take <laughs> that to the grave. Like love is difficult. Like if if you love somebody, there's so much that goes into that. There's so yeah. much responsibility. There's so much entwining of 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 lives and realities and decisions and desires. Like it's not carefree. I'm sorry. Like you can no like the dating is carefree the falling in love but like once love is involved like it is super heavy it dictates the entire rest of your life yeah because it's like about actually trying to know somebody else which is very hard to do and when you you know engage in a relationship like that it's about thinking through somebody else's point of view a lot of the day making sure that you understand them and these people i want to watch it again now sort of and just sort of see because i feel like the whole time they just care about themselves and i think that's sort of why i didn't feel super optimistic is that even when they sort of calm down it's still about how do i control this situation not about how do i make you happy i wonder how link later feels about that because it it felt very intentional you know like it was a highbrow house right they're cooking like these nice meals and it's writers you know this is house has hosted other writers and famous writers and it's like that house had a lot of a lot of brain in it, you know, a lot of brain power just mulling around that 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 house, like a lot of like big men of history feel to the house, you know, and it's like is Linklater saying like these people's squab- squabbles are as important as everyone else's or like is that was it just like a theater that we could hear these existential stuff like kind of like echo off each other, you know, it's like 
like the lady talking about her, her husband passing away or, or, you know, the, the story about duty of, of, you know, someone being married for like 90 years and it just being this very like rigid thing. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, you know, is that a re- accurate representation of, of love and reality? <laughs> or are they just, you know, like, is it pie in the sky sort of musing because it's so romantic and everything is perfect and it's the Mediterranean. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think now that you mentioned these moments, I feel like that's another thing. Time in this movie is really um, scary. Mm-hmm. I think the other ones, it's it's much more fun and like, you know, you can think about right, to your earlier times or later times and have fun with it. But this is like, like, wow, married for, we'd have to be married for 56 more years. Wouldn't that suck? And it's like everything about the future is just like how everything's just getting worse. That, that was that was to me another moment where them talking about how much it would suck to be married for 50 years made me think they were going to be married for 50 right. more years. And wouldn't that like, suck? Wouldn't that suck? But like what they're saying is, wouldn't that suck if like things didn't get better, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like they believed that. Um, hey, you're just a romantic kind of guy. That's I guess all. so. You're I just guess romantic. So. I think they want, they both want to be, but yeah, they just got to kill their little baby egos. They got to, got to put them yeah. down. It's just, it's getting in the way of, of them making good decisions. Before we move on to the final sections of this episode, we have to do a little fashion corner mm-hmm. to investigate mostly Jesse. Jesse is sort of in our, because maybe he's just an American and we can't really, I, I mean, I'm French, but I can't, I can't rank <laughs> a French person. They so, literally like, razzed him about his 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 uh, appearance in the movie. Like yes. it's the 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 uh, meta canon has become real. Like yes, Jesse yeah. is terrible at dressing himself. Terrible. Oh, actually, I said I would not talk about the thing, but like her comments about his beard were also just like wonderfully sad. And like mm-hmm. I see your red hair in my kids, but not in you anymore, Buster. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's still rocking his shitty little beard. That has not changed. His beard has remained a constant for 18 years that's wild for such a bad beard that it is i know i think that's that must have been so fucking funny for ethan hawk to like demand that his character retains his shitty goatee i love that it's i mean we have no no doubt it is in fact ethan hawk um the worst hair worst version of his hair too i don't know maybe um you liked it better i found it to be the like heaviest flattest version of his terrible haircut too yeah um there was times it almost looked like a bowl cut (laughs) but like oh a bowl cut that was that they forgot to use the bowl but like they somehow still tried to it was just like down way too far it just looked it looked like someone else's wig it was 2013. No one cares. No, no. Like, tell me. Yeah, it's like nobody remembers anything from from 2013 to 2016. That was just you could have yeah. worn whatever you wanted. Your haircut could have been whatever. But I don't know. I, I wish I could talk to Ethan Hawke because I, I feel like um, I'm curious if he intentionally made him look sort of stupid, like ugly and huh. in, incapable of just coming up with a normal haircut that looked okay. Like he like aggressively chose haircuts that were. It didn't bother me, but okay. it could have. I agree with you that it could have been a conscious choice to make him just like not Ethan Hawke or not like particularly like sexy, you know. So it's like we get a more normal interaction between the two. We're not we're not starstruck or gobsmacked, you know. It's like this 
to dress down the characters. Well, also, I mean, I think that's a good point too, because he, he really cares about sex and to make him to mm-hmm. be like sort of sexless looking is a really funny choice. I think it's um, yeah. fashion wise. Let's, let's sort of move into our rankings, but let's start there. Let's rank the, um, cause at the end of every series, we uh, do a ranking of the series. We choose our MVPs for the movie. We choose our series MVPs, but I'm sort of suggesting let's start off ranking Ethan Hawke's, stylistic choices from the first to the last movie oh i think he was he was certainly the most dapper in the second he was really feeling himself got a hit book wearing a suit you know like a little, yeah. little professor get up um Tiny so, spiky yeah. hair like not a great haircut but like at least it was going up yeah yeah no he was he was very feeling himself in in um before yeah sunset. or sorry yeah. before uh, sunset so i would that's number one clearly Okay, fashion um, ranking number one. I'm going to agree with you. I'll just chime in. I think okay. we're probably going to have the same ranking, but who knows? And I would say number one is number the first film before Sunrise is number two because yeah. it's like he's young. He knows not he's what young. he does. He's an American. He's he's yeah, you know, breathing out of his mouth. You know, sort of like dragging his knuckles around Europe. Um, <laughs> so it's like that's that's kind of what to expect. But this one, he's full grown man. Come, you're in the Mediterranean. Like at least wear like a tank top. Like what are you doing? Right. You know, I, yeah. This, this, his dress choice was wild. It looked like he was, I don't know, like in Oregon. Yeah, it's fucking Greece. Yeah, uh, come on, man. Half like I, I, you know, I, I like to to, to dress up. I like to, uh, you know, uh, look nice every once in a while, especially when I'm on vacation, uh, unless it's like strictly at the beach. Um, and I feel like if he was an author, he should feel that way too. He should, he should yeah. want to like get into it you know like like really get into the the feel of the place he's at so um yeah big ding against him for that it's like if, you, if you're truly an author you're trying to experience things um i find immersion therapies the best way just throw yourself in there try to stylize try to match where you're going mm, you know that's a maybe good point maybe you'll learn something I'm, I'm going to a wedding in um in Bangalore in December and I they were like do you want to learn the dance uh do you want to wear the traditional garb and I'm like hell yes hell yes I will do both of those things and I feel like if I didn't do those things I would not get the same experience out of the wedding yeah so I feel like it's a similar situation Jesse you've been to Europe three times and you just keep dressing like a shitty American shame on you yeah it's bad um who do you think was our, our 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 midnight MVP Who's really stuck out as our MVP? Um, I'm going to rule some out, I guess, if you want. I think Hank was not a very good actor. Maybe the worst actor of the franchise so far. That's his son, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He had that little glint of a child actor in his eye trying to impress someone rather than get into character. So, yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to earn mm. anything from me. No, sorry, Hank. I wonder what he's... I wonder I mean, if he's he, did, he did kiss a girl. Uh, over the summer so you know he's he's maybe we have to believe that uh julie delpy says that. what if she's she's manipulating uh him and saying his son only had a good time because right he met a girl exactly yeah. we don't we'll never know yeah knock him down a peg seamus davy fitzpatrick played hank wonder what he's up to he was in uh yeah he has he's really his career Never, never took off. <laughs> never took off. Unfortunately, he was mm-hmm. in one movie. Um, oh no, he was in he was in a couple of movies, but he was in 
Damn. He was in a fucking movie with Richard Gere, who's been just like blacklisted from Hollywood. God, Has I'm he sorry. been? I mean, I haven't seen him in forever, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, I read this um, article or an interview with him where he, he's, I mean, hey, it sort of made some sense. He said that because he's um, for the liberation of Tibet, he was blacklisted from Hollywood because of the ch- like Chinese market is so big that he would just like, you could not put him in a movie <laughs> because the Chinese market would just censor him. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, who knows if it's true, but um, anyway, I'm whatever. Sure. I, I feel like it's not true because um, there's plenty of like, I don't know. I don't know. They got what's his name like... to to apologize in in Mandarin or whatever. Um, John Cena had to take <laughs> back. <laughs> he had to come uh... out and make sure he knew that um, what Taiwan wasn't a country or something. Uh, Was that yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, Taiwan is uh, a province of China. Yeah. Oh, oh well, podcasts you might want to edit that out. Um, no, no, I'm taking a strong <laughs> stance that I I don't really know what Taiwan is. So take that, China. If you really wanna you wanna ruffle some feathers, uh, just call it Formosa. Okay. Wait, really? That ruffles some feathers right up. As the, as the name before it was uh, incorporated into the Damn. Republic of China. Formosa. Yeah. We tried to launch okay. a lot of land invasions of China from there when we put Chiang Kai-shek back in power in the 40s. Because you're so smart. I didn't know I had such a smarty pants on the show. No, it's, you know, just China politics. It's very interesting. The whole Yeah, the whole well, region. I don't really give a shit. If I were doing a China politics podcast, I would care, but I'm not. I'm going to tie it back to the film. Don't worry. Oh, okay, don't good. Um, yeah, who's uh, series MVP? I think um, I think I got to give it sort of just to make sure i cover all my bases i'm going to give it to jesse um i haven't given it to him yet and i feel like he did a great job i think he's i think he's improved significantly as an actor from his first mm-hmm. one i love him dearly all throughout his career but this is just like a level of manipulation that is uh so subtle sometimes i find myself agreeing with him and then i'm like holy shit why am i agree- it sucks i don't want to agree with yeah. you right now it's yeah, so jesse to agree with that jesse's mvp okay yeah he, such, he, a, he, such a jesse move <laughs> he nailed it he's fucking uh i think you know celine was i think her movie was the last one and she really showed a lot of herself and she does here too um but i think most of the revelations you sort of predicted this actually was that this was going to be Jesse's movie because of what he had to give mm-hmm. up and right. do. And I think you, you nailed that prediction because that is exactly what happened. Jesse was the creepy star of being a terrible husband in this movie. Yeah. I think Jesse's MVP too. Cause it, if, if my read is correct, they get back together or they stay together rather. Um, he gets everything he wants. He gets yeah. to, to feel like a victim and yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I think probably I think moved to Chicago. Yeah. And, and, and Julie Delphi carries, you know, Selena is just, uh, she's just like water. She'll, she'll figure it out. She'll float through it. She's French, you know. She'll, yeah. uh, she'll find some some way to, to deal with it. And then uh, Jesse will hopefully step up and continue to uh, take care of his children. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he crushed it. Three, three movies in a row, just getting exactly what he wants. It's uh, mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. Employee of the month. <laughs> But what about our the, the whole franchise? Though, do you have a? We like to award a special MVP. Mm. It can be someone you've given it to. That's usually what happens because they won it once. They'll probably win it again. But um, is there someone that you? I mean, you could, yeah, you could uh, really give Oof. it to anyone that felt 
sort of encapsulated your feeling of the franchise? Hmm. That's really difficult because uh, the franchise was very meandering, but like in a, the greatest way. Uh, I mean, that that house was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> the Greek uh, house? Yeah, the Greek house, like just how it's open and it's like the old brick and it's like, I don't know. I yeah, but why would it be at that house? Psychopaths, right? For playing soccer on a patio? Or is that what Europeans just do that? They just do that. Just that was like, I was so worried for everyone involved in that game. I don't get worried, but like, <laughs> he's sort of old now. If he fell over, that would be bad. Yeah. So you're giving it to a house. I got, I, I brought you well, on. Maybe the I guess the guy, uh, the, the, guy the, house. House, the uh, esteemed professor who, who gave them <laughs> six weeks to the to, whole uh, series. To the, it's, it's hard. I mean, it feels, it feels like he's the, deadliest game guy except for like writers mm-hmm. and failing marriages and he just brings them yes. there to like destroy them and that's actually how he like you know uh gets his rocks off so to speak is like uh him just watching him collapse marriages in this perfect idealized wow. setting so uh that is real master manipulator is, is yeah a guy who, who oh. invites couples to his his paradise and uh watches them disintegrate maybe so. when jesse levels up he'll just take over that's a, yeah, exactly. He writes another bestseller. He moves the whole family into the house. Um, <gasps> that would be a fucking sick before whatever, before noon. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I'm, this might sound, um, no, this is going to sound awesome, but I'm giving my MVP to the sun itself, which without, there would be no franchise. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's been shining in my face every time you move here. Wow. It's um the glowing orb. We Yeah, we, where would we you love our glowing orb? You need the sun for all three times in this movie, even though there's no sun in midnight. It would only exist with a, a sun. So Yeah, it's really I mean. I disagree. There is a sun in uh before midnight, but it left Okay, thank you. Plane. Yeah. It's not it's somewhere else. It's it's gone. It's on a plane. It's flying back to see its mother. Oh, I get it with an O. Hmm. But no, now that you mentioned that, um, same route. Yeah, maybe I am a genius because yeah, this is this <laughs> is definitely the first to include the sun is is some sort of uh, mm. the ending. But you know, when the midnight, it's like yeah, what the fuck? Who cares? Before midnight, sun left in the first five minutes of the film. Right. I, it ended a long. I think that's what's cool about this movie is that it really paints, as you said earlier, like there is no deadline. Mm. Midnight is just like. Oh, we've been sitting in darkness for hours now. Like that's the vibe. It's not like waiting for the sun to rise or the sun to set. It's like, oh, we've just been sitting here for four hours after it's over, and it's really time to go home. <laughs> that would be funny. The the film ends in, like with like a uh, text on the screen, uh, like describing what what happened after, and like it says like go home and hug your loved ones or something like that, or like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a Make very sure Hollywood voiceover. <laughs> Jesse Jesse went on to write three more best-selling novels before he killed himself. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's I honestly have no idea what's happening next. I I guess the only thing I know is that Jake will not be here. So, um thank you so much. This was uh a really great rewatch for me and it was fun to do it with you. I loved it. I will happily be a guest anytime you will have me and um, I will I will keep watching and uh I will listen also well that's very nice I, I i won't even wait for there to be demand i'll make that promise to you i'll just uh if i ever need help i'll let well, you know that makes me happy 
I'll send you some screenplays to to uh, punch up. Oh, great! Yeah, I actually just helped uh, my friend punch up his his uh, card game, so I'm ready for more. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, 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 we're gonna have to do a, a, a game night. I know we talked about that, uh, mm-hmm. so we'll do that, and then uh, yep. yeah, we'll, we'll chat for that. And uh, until until next pod. Yeah. Wow. This is great. So, um, yeah, listener. Uh, yeah, no idea. We might be doing Spider Man, but I I'm gonna try to talk to Josh, and I don't know. I'm, he, he's oh, the, the Spider Verse is labyrinthine. There's so many. Yeah. Uh, and we sort of left like we were supposed to do more and we didn't. So we're, we might just finish that off, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, next time we'll we'll come at you and maybe Josh will be awake. <laughs>